Maybe you brought your Bibles. Would you lift them up high up in the air? Lift those Bibles up as high as you possibly can. Come on, Mark, you got your Bible? Good, that's good. Anybody else upstairs in the cafe? No, no coffee cups. Come on, get that Bible up in the air. Believe the Lord. Do you want to receive a miracle tonight? How many of you want to receive a miracle tonight? We are done with Haggai. That is a miracle. We're in the book of Joel. We're in the book of Joel. So turn there with me, please. Page 1,127. We are doing the Minor Prophets on Thursday nights, and there are a lot of small books. The reason they're called Minor Prophets is because the books are smaller in content. The major prophets like Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Isaiah, it would take us 10 years to get through each one of those books. That's why they're called Major Prophets, not because they're more important than the Minor Prophets, but because they're bigger in scope. They have more pages, more material. So we're going to go through the book of Joel. When we're done with Joel, I'm not so sure which book we'll do, but there's 12 of them. We'll do three or four here in 2019. Joel, of course, is the author of the book written around 835 to 800 before Christ. Joel's name means Jehovah is God. Many people think that Joel was from Jerusalem and a priest. There's not a lot written or known about Joel. We do know that he was a prophet to Judah. Everybody say Judah. That is the southern kingdom. You see, Israel at that time was divided into two kingdoms. There was the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. You say, why were they divided? Because of division. God people, if you want the Lord to continue to do things here at CCWC, how many of you know there can't even be a seed of division? Can you say amen? When there's division, man, things just start to fall apart. And that's what happened here. Things were falling apart in Israel. Now, Joel's dad was Pethuel, which means God's opening. The background of the book of Joel, then we'll get right into verse 1. Joel was sent by the Lord to Judah, the southern kingdom, during a time of prosperity and a time of security. Their prosperity was taking them away from the Lord. You know, I know those, those of us that are born-again believers, we would like to win the lottery, but I already know that I'm not going to win the lottery. I know that. You say, why? I would probably have a ministry started in Hawaii, and it would be a beach ministry, and I'd fall away from the Lord. I know all of us, we say we want to win the lottery, but if we do, I wonder what would really happen to us. I wrote something down you might want to write down too. Great is the person who can handle the blessings of the Lord. Great is the person who can handle the blessings of the Lord. So we see here that Israel was being blessed by the Lord. It was a time of prosperity and security. They couldn't handle it, though. They fell away from the Lord. So we need to remember something about the blessings of the Lord. Number one, we need to remember that the Lord desires and wants to bless us. He desires and wants to bless us physically, materially, emotionally, and everybody else. If you're making a lot of money, I bless you. That is so wonderful. The Lord wants to bless you. I don't believe we should discriminate with color, with people that make money, people that don't make money, etc. How many of you are glad when somebody gets blessed by the Lord and the Savior Jesus Christ? We should be, whether it's a car, whether it's a house, whether it's finances, whether it's physical, mental, and emotional. How many of you are glad tonight that God wants to bless your socks off? Can you say, he does. He is a blesser. We need to be careful, though, about the blessings of the Lord because we can start to follow the blessings instead of the blesser. So it's very, very important that when the Lord starts to bless us that we handle them properly and that we understand that God blesses us. Why? The Lord blesses us that we can be a blessing to others. So the more the Lord blesses you, how many of you know the more you should bless somebody else? So if the Lord really blesses you, Helping Hands Ministry wants you to bring in a few more sacks of groceries than you did before. Why don't you help a family that is truly in need? How many of you know the body of Christ says when one is suffering, we are all suffering? So God's just not going to bless us that we can rejoice and put our hands up. How many of you know he's going to bless us that we will be a blessing? to others around us and make sure that we continue to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, this was a warning to Judah. 
Joel came, and he was giving a warning to Judah to stay with the Lord or the judgment of God was going to fall. I relate this to the United States of America. I love our nation. I love the United States. I wouldn't want to live any other place. I would never put down our nation. But for the last years and the last, uh, the last few decades, there have been warnings from prophets. There have been warnings from pastors. There have been warnings from the Word of God that the United States of America better return to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that's what happened here. I don't know if any of you realize that our nation has gone away from the precepts that are found in the Word of God. How many of you understand that if we would follow the Word of God, there would be so many blessings in our nation. We wouldn't see all the corruption. We wouldn't see all the violence in our streets. Sometimes I watch TV and I end up getting mad. Five minutes later, I feel like I'm bipolar. I start crying. I just, I just feel so bad for our nation. And to see what our nation, I just see our nation go down spiritually, spiritually, and spiritually. But aren't you glad for Pastor Dick's pr uh, prayer? Aren't you glad that even though we see it and we're not being negative, we're being truthful in what we see, there is still hope if our nation will return to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? There is hope in Jesus. Come on, everybody praise him tonight. There is hope in Jesus. Some of you still don't believe that, but come on, there is hope in Jesus. Wouldn't it be wonderful, I know I'm being a little bit naive, but wouldn't it be wonderful in this 2020 election that is coming up, wouldn't it be awesome for one of the candidates to get on the TV, no matter who they are, and say this, vote for me for one reason, because yes, I'm going to help with taxes, help with all this, and help with all that, but you know what, I want everybody to know that our nation needs to return to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, our nation needs to repent, and if we'll come back to the Lord, a lot of this mess will automatically get cleaned up, I would vote for that person, I would vote for that person. So we need to understand that this was a warning from Judah to stay with the Lord or his judgment would come to them. Israel did not listen. Israel did not listen. I don't know if the United States of America overall is listening. There's a sound that is going out right now, the sound of revival and the sound of God's goodness, but also the sound of judgment that is coming to all the nations of the world if we do not turn around and repent and go after the Lord with all of our hearts. So nobody can say that they haven't heard. Nobody can say that the warnings haven't been sounding out. For the last few decades, there's warning after warning, after warning that our nation needs to turn to the Lord, that we need to repent, that we need to make sure that he has become our first love. And I don't know about you, but I received that warning from the Lord, and I can't do it for everybody else, but I'm living in repentance. I'm living, I'm living and following the word of God. I'm going after the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. And if we can get some more people to do that and affect others in our nation, guess what? There will be some hope. Not everybody's praising the Lord. And when I say that word hope, there will be some hope. Does anybody believe there's a little bit of hope still in Jesus? Today, the warning is for our nation. We must turn to the Lord. The warning is for the church of Jesus Christ to turn to the Lord. And he's coming back soon. And if we don't, just like his judgment fell upon Israel, his judgment will fall upon us. Now, the first five verses, we won't go any farther than that. We might not get to all those tonight. But again, we always have next Thursday night. The first five verses of Joel are a call or a warning from the Lord to turn Judah, I'll just say the Jewish people, back to the Lord. It is a call or warning from the Lord to turn the Jewish people back to the Lord. Verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. The word word there means news and promise and something that is spoken. So something is going to be spoken through the prophet Joel. It's going to be news. It's going to be a promise. It's going to be a declaration. And I got something to tell you tonight. The word of the Lord is a promise from God the Father, and God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. Israel thought judgment would not come. Because why? There was prosperity. 
And there was some safety. How many of you know that kind of sounds like our national bit? We've been kind of safe over the last few years, which is wonderful and it's great. How many of you know the stock market hit a point, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that it has never hit again in the history of the United States of America? There is some prosperity out there. If you have a 401k, you have some investments in the stock market and some other ways. Guess what? You are making some dough. Let me tell you, I know it went down for a while, but it is back up. And so people, what they're doing is it's easy for all of us, myself included, to begin to worship the safety aspects and also the prosperity aspects aspects of the United States of America. But guess what? Sometimes when there's prosperity and safety, we don't heed the words of the Lord. We don't think that what he is saying is going to come to pass. And Israel was the same way. They were prosperous at this time. There was safety going on. But the prophet Joel said, you better be careful because in those times of blessings, you're going to start to seek the blessings instead of the blesser. In these times of safety, you're going to fall asleep spiritually. But don't you fall asleep spiritually because if you're being blessed and if you're safe, but if you turn away from the Lord, God's judgment is going to come. And guess what Israel said? No, it's not going to happen. Look, the stock market's way up. Look, my 40K is pretty good. Look, we have the lowest unemployment ever. Listen, we're not to worship the stock market. We're not to worship the, the, uh, the money. We're not to worship Wall Street. We're not to worship the unemployment records. How many of you know I'm glad it is all there? But I have enough sense to understand that that can make us fall asleep spiritually. Can I say it again? Great is the man or the woman who can handle the blessings that the Lord gives to them. How many of you know we need to make sure that we are awake spiritually. Hello, anybody here tonight? We are awake spiritually. Turn to somebody and say, it's time to wake up. 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 The word word means news. The word word means news. There was some breaking news that came to Joel about present things and about future things to come. At times, there was a double reference like the locust that we're going to talk about in a little bit and the last days concerning the invading armies. So Joel received a word from the Lord. There's nothing better than a word from the Lord. It's a promise. So I know that what God told Joel is true, and it came past. It refers to us here in these last days, the, few, the present things that Joel was teaching and also the future things that Joel was looking at. Joel was not only looking at the present, but he was looking at what was going to come in our generation. And I don't know about you, but I heed the word of the Lord and I'm going to listen to the word of the Lord because how many of you know there's only one thing that's true in this day and age that we're living in and that is the word of the Lord from Genesis all the way to Revelation. So Joel has a word from the Lord and a word from the Lord for the nation. And we must have a spirit of discernment and it must go along with the word of God. Anytime there is a word from the Lord, it must go along with the precious word. And we need to understand that God can use anybody concerning giving a word and receiving a word. In Christianity, there is no elitism. You say, what is elitism? Well, I know the Lord uses pastors and uses prophets and uses evangelists. No, if you are a born-again believer and if you are available, how many of you know the Lord can give you a word and you can receive the word and you can be used and give the word. You see, Joel, Joel here, I'll say it this way, he was a nobody, but he was a somebody. Nobody knew about Joel. We don't know anything about Joel. We don't really know except for who his dad is. We don't really know where he was from. A lot of people think he was from Jerusalem. We don't really know his background. We don't really know where he grew up. The Bible is pretty silent about Joel. But you know, I like that. You say, why do you like that? Because the attention is not to be on the speaker. The attention should be on who? So everybody looked at him and says, who is this guy? We're not going to really listen to him. And they didn't listen to him. But guess what they listened to? The word of the Lord that came from his voice. You see, that happens in our churches today. We're listening to the speaker instead of what the Lord is trying to communicate to us. 
And so it's very important that we understand that as preachers, all we're doing is bringing forth what the Lord is saying. You say, Pastor, that's good preaching tonight. I have nothing to do with it. I'm giving you the word from the Lord, the same word that Joel gave to Israel. We are giving now in the 21st century. It is not my word. It has nothing to do with me. It is the word from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ himself. And we all have a choice to submit to that word or say, I don't want to hear that word. Now, I don't know about you. I submit to the word. I want to hear the word. I'm going to live in the word. I'm going to walk in the word. I'm glad for safety. I'm glad for prosperity. But we have turned away from the Lord. And if we don't go back to the Lord, judgment is going to come. I don't want judgment to come. How many of you, you don't want judgment to come to the United States? So I don't want it to come. And guess what? It doesn't have to. As we get into Joel, you'll see that as Israel repented and turned back to the Lord, he blessed them spiritually. He blessed them physically. He blessed them emotionally. He blessed them in every possible way. I want the blessings of the Lord upon our nation. I want the blessings of the Lord upon our city. I want the blessings of the Lord upon my life. I want the blessings of the Lord upon my family. It's up to me to repent. It's up to me to live for the Lord. It's up to me to follow his word. And if I'll do that will be blessed if our nation will do that it'll be blessed wasn't it awesome tonight being up in corporate prayer turn to somebody and say prayer meeting was awesome tonight <laughs> it was so awesome you say what were you guys doing up there praying for our nation if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, and I will answer your prayers, and I will heal the land. Lord, heal our land. Lord, bring revival to our land. Lord, bring renewal to our land. I don't want your judgment. I want your blessings. Come on, does anybody here not want judgment, but you want the blessings of the Lord? We got to pray. We got to seek the face of the Lord. You say it's not working. That's a bunch of baloney. It is working. The Lord is moving in our midst. The Lord is moving across the United States. You aren't going to hear it on news. You aren't going to hear it on MSNBC. You're not going to hear it on CNN. You're not going to hear it on Fox News. They're not going to start their telecast saying this, on Fox News alert, I want everybody to know there's revival in Newport Ritchie. Hundreds are getting saved. They're sending out missionaries, and they're digging wells. Oh, what Jesus is doing. Have you ever heard that on the news? No. They're going to start the news. There's been a bomb explosion here. Somebody got killed over here. Two seconds later, I'm turning to the sports center. I'd rather watch sports than what's on that news. But let me tell you, you won't hear anything about it, but you need to keep your ear to the ground. People are being saved all over the world. There is revival in China. There is revival in South America. There is revival in Central America. There is revival in Newport Ritchie. There is a grassroots movement of the Holy Spirit. Churches are being started. Men and women are being sent out into the mission field. Great things are happening for the glory and honor honor of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's hope. There is hope. You just might not hear about it, but there is hope. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Look at this. It came to Joel. What is that referring to? It refers to the Lord speaking. How many of you are glad the Lord speaks? Has the Lord been telling you some good things lately? How many of you have been hearing from the Lord every day? Can I see your hand lifted up? If your hand's not lifted up, what in the world is going on with you? You say, well, I don't hear from the Lord. That's not true. He's your best friend, isn't he? I hear from the Lord every day. I might just say, Bill, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. I love you too. This morning I got up. I said, Lord, it's going to be a good day. He says, no, it's not. I said, what? He said, it's going to be a great day. <laughs> it's going to be a great day. And I just found out I'm getting something back from my taxes. I found out today. How many of you know it's a great day? <laughs> 
and I get to pay a tithe on that. That's a great day. <laughs> I can tell some of you had to pay, so that's why you're not too excited. Joel, the word of the Lord, God speaks. And the word of the Lord, who did it come from? The word of the Lord. The word Lord there is Jehovah. Write it in your Bibles. This is Jehovah God. He is the eternal one. He is the one who has always been. He is and he exists. We can know that by faith, that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And Hebrews eleven six 6 says that he is. I don't care what atheists say. They're fools. You say, how can you say that? I didn't say that. The Lord said that. You know what it says in Proverbs? Might be in Psalms. I forget. I'm over 50. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. There was a man on the news the other day. He was talking and talking and talking. They were interviewing him. And he says, by the way, I'm an atheist. I said, Susie, no, he's not. He's a fool. Because that's what the Bible says. I'm not saying, don't leave. Say, Pastor Strayer is calling people fools. The Lord says, the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. I'm not listening to fools. I'm listening to the voice of the King of kings and Lord of lords, the wise one. Pastor Tony agrees with that. Anybody else agree with that? Not listening to any fools. That's why I don't listen to the news a lot. He sees, he is, he is to come, he is coming back soon. He is Jehovah God, the existent one, and he exists. I've told you this before. I have new material, but it just really bothers me that all across New York City, even today I saw it on the news on the Internet, that the atheists have put so much money and they put signs on most of the buses in New York City that says God is dead and there isn't any God. You say, that's a bunch of foolish things. That sure is. That's fools. How many of you know God does exist? How many of you know God is alive? And guess what his name is? He is Jehovah. And you know what? Jehovah not only knows what is going on now in your life, but he knows the future. How many of you are glad you don't have to go to Madam Lola? Madam Lola. <laughs> Got to pay 100 bucks to go to Madam Lola. <laughs> Get out her tarot cards and all that garbage that's found in the Word. How many of you know we don't need any of that stuff? Somebody came up to me in church and said, you know what, You're a, are you a Libra? Are you a, I don't, don't bring that into the house of the Lord. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not a Libra. I'm not a Scorpio. I'm not any of that garbage at all. No, don't, I don't believe in any of that stuff. You say, Pastor, I read it every day. Don't you read that garbage. That's demonic. That's the occult. You don't need to know the future from all those people. Get rid of it. Come on, get rid of it. That's what Deuteronomy says. Get rid of that stuff. Do you want to know your future? Lord, am I supposed to marry Tina? No. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I wasn't sure, but thank you, Lord. Am I supposed to move to Phoenix, Arizona? Yes. Thank you, Lord. I didn't want to make a move without knowing it was you. How many of you are glad you don't have to be involved in a soap opera? How many of you are glad you don't have to worry? You don't have, am I supposed to buy that house? Am I supposed to buy that car? Am I supposed to marry that person? Am I supposed to move here or move there or whatever it is? How many of you are glad the Lord not only knows the present, how many of you are glad he knows a year down the line? He knows five years down the line? He knows 10 years down the line? Does he know 100 years down the line? Hello, does he know 500 years down the line? 
What am I supposed to do? You're supposed to do James 1.5. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask from the Lord, and he will give to you liberally. As kids are graduating and they're ready to go to college, I got a couple of Facebook comments. Pastor, should I go to this college or this college? I said, ask Jehovah. He knows exactly which college you're supposed to go to. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in life. He knows what you're supposed to do in life. I didn't know what I was supposed to do in life also. A lot of college kids go through that. There's nothing wrong with it. Guess what I did? I got saved and born again. I went to Jehovah God, and I said, I want to go into business. He says, no, that's not what I've called you to do. I've called you to go into the ministry. Thank God I listened to him instead of listening to me. How many of you want the Lord's will, the Lord's plan, what he wants for you? Then guess what? He knows your future, so quit perspiring. And it's like digging out gold. Dig it out from the Lord. I haven't heard from him yet. If you haven't heard from the Lord, then what you are doing right now is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. So many people stress, I haven't heard from God and heard from God. That's because you're exactly where you're supposed to be. How many of you know if the Lord wants you to change what you're doing or where you're supposed to be, he will shout from heaven because he wants you to be in his destiny more than you want to be in his destiny. How many of you want the destiny of the Lord? I haven't heard. Yes, you have. You're doing right what you're supposed to be doing. If he wants to change it, he'll shout it out. We might not get out of verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Joel. Oh, I love Joel because my son is named Joel, and the name Joel means Jehovah is God. How many of you, that's a good name for a son, isn't it? Jehovah is God. How many of you wish they would act like God once in a while, though? Yes, act like God once in a while. The prophet of God to the southern kingdom, the prophet Joel, means Jehovah is God. Look at his, his father's name. And again, we don't know much about Joel because the Lord wanted to put the emphasis on him and not on the speaker, but he is the son of Pethuel. That was Joel's dad. The word Pethuel meaning, means God's opening, means God's opening. What does that signify? That he was open to the things of the Lord. There is nothing better than being open to the things of the Lord. And there's two ways to be open to the things of the Lord. Number one, God speaking to you himself. Isn't it cool when God speaks to you and teaches you? And is your heart open to hear what the Lord has to say? Can I see your hand lifted up? Are you really open? Are you sure? No matter what he says. I lost some hands. I lost about half. No matter what he says. God can speak to you through the word. He can speak to you in your spirit. But it's also talking about Pethuel was not only open to the voice of the Lord. He was open to the voice of people around him. Are you open to somebody speaking into your life? All three of you, are you open to somebody speaking into your life? How many of you are really open for somebody speaking into your life? Are you really? Then guys, go to your wife tonight and say, tell me everything about me that you don't like. Tell me everything about me that is awesome and good. And you know what? Those things that are legitimate that you don't like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sift through it. And those that are really legitimate, you know what? I believe it's not you speaking. I believe it's the Lord speaking. And guess what, sweetie? It might take me a couple of years, but I'm going to pray and I'm going to change. And if you think I'm a great husband now, 10 out of 10, in a year, I'm going to be a 20 out of 10. I've had so many people, Christians are so funny. Turn to somebody and say, Christians are so funny. They are, they are so funny. I have Christians come to me all the time. Pastor Strayer, yeah, I want to be accountable to you. None of them are in church anymore. Where'd they all go? 
want to be accountable to you. Guess what? I sit in my office and I speak into their hearts and they get offended. What do I tell them? Get the book. <laughs> Everybody wants to be accountable, but nobody wants to hear something contrary to what they think. But guess what? Pethuel, what a great man of God. We know two, one, two things about him. He was open to the things of the Lord from God himself, but he was also open to people speaking into their life. I'm not talking about something weird. I'm not talking about something that's off balance. I'm not talking about something that isn't of the Lord. But how many of you know when God is speaking into your heart and you're sitting there and it's an individual, you might be jolted back, but in your mind you got to be saying, you know what, Lord, I believe that was from you. And even though I might be hurt, even though I might be a little bit offended, I'm not leaving my marriage. I'm not leaving the church. I'm not leaving my job. My boss did speak the truth. My wife or husband did speak the truth. My, my pastor did speak the truth. I got to take it like a man. I got to take it like the woman. And guess what? It wasn't my boss and it wasn't my pastor and it wasn't my spouse. It was a voice from heaven. Hello, anybody still here? It was the voice of the Lord. Come on. Is anybody open to receiving from Jesus? <laughs> How many of you understand that whatever is preached, you're going to be tested? Hear this. Don't you like that in verse 2? Hear this, you elders. Give ear, all of you inhabitants of the land. Did you circle those two words, hear and give ear? I love those words in the Hebrew. It means to listen and practice. How many people leave, leave church, myself included? How many people leave church and they say this, good message? Oh, that was awesome. There was an illustration. There was a drama that was with it. It was w w wonderful. I heard what was said. That's not what Joel is saying. Joel is saying you can't just be a hearer of the word. You must be a doer of the word. You must practice the word. Do you realize that Christians, I was just thinking about this. Christians, let's say they come to church Sunday mornings. They come to church Thursday night. They're in Bible studies week after week. They're getting something new all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. How much of that do they really practice? Sometimes we need to slow down. Are you ready? Sometimes we need to slow down and just repeat messages and repeat principles over and over and over again. Because I found out in all my years of serving the Lord, yes, people need new things, but they aren't even doing the old things that have already been preached. We not only just need to hear the word but we need to practice the word so when you go to any church don't go up to the pastor and say that was a great word saying hey it was a great word but guess what I am practicing the word and I'm going to grow and mature and become a disciple of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ if you're only hearing the word you are deceived but how many you know if you're practicing the word you'll get blessed turn with me some of you don't believe it so turn with me to James chapter 1 would you do that please James chapter 1 and then we'll go right back to uh, the book of Joel just put something in Joel, if you would. I have a little thing there that I can get back quickly. Joel chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. Oh, I love the book of James. It's a tough book, but it's a good book. Be doers of the word. Did you circle that word? Be doers of the word. Practice the word. And not what? Not hearers only. Oh, oh look at the next two words. You deceive yourself. If you are just a hearer of the word and you're not a doer of the word, you are in deception. I am in deception. For if anyone is just hearing the word and not a doer of the word, he is like a person who observes his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, he goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, what is the perfect law of liberty? 
the Word of God. But he who looks into the Word of God, and look at this, continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer of the Word, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in everything he does. So tonight, don't just hear the word saying, I'm going to take a couple principles and I'm going to practice the word of God and I'm going to follow the word of God. I'm not going to be deceived. I am going to be blessed. Look what it says. I'll be blessed in everything that I do. You'll be blessed financially and physically and emotionally and in your marriage and at your workplace and in your ministry. Whatever you do, the blessing of the Lord will rest upon you. Does anybody want the blessing of the Lord to rest upon you? Then you got to practice the word. you got to practice the word. Now, that's why repetition is important. Most Christians do not like repetition. They don't like repetition. They always want something new and new and new and new. And again, new is good, but I loved it when my pastor preached messages that I already knew. It drilled it into my heart. It drilled it into my mind. I never sat out there for me. I never sat out listening to him saying, I already know that. I'm going to go to another church. No, I sat there and said, Lord, thank you. Thank you, because I've told you this before. His voice is in my brain all the time. I remember when he did one year of family teaching on Thursday nights. I hear his voice right now. Bill, stay in your marriage. That's not against anybody who had a difficult time in their marriage. Stay in your marriage. Bill, love your wife. Bill, you're not to boss her around. You are to serve her. I hear it all the time. Bill, Bill, Bill. Say, Dr. Pano, you're not even here. Bill, 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 Bill. Guess what else he put in my brain? You got to pray. You got to pray. You got to have a church that prays. If you don't, don't even have a church. I hear him right now, continue to tell people to get to prayer meeting, even if they won't come, even if they won't budge, you continue to exhort them, you continue to love them, and build people real respond. Pray, pray, pray. As I read the Word of God, some examples of repetition, all throughout the Word of God, it says to spend time with the Lord daily. Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, that's spending time with the Lord. Leviticus 6, keep putting wood on the fire for the sacrifice, that's spending time with the Lord. John 15, abide in the Lord. Galatians Ephesians 5, walk in the Spirit. Ephesians 5, be filled with the Spirit. Romans 12, renew your mind. Colossians 3, take off the old and put on the new. None of us point at the Lord and say, would you quit repeating yourself? From Genesis to Revelation, spend time with me, spend time with me, spend time with me. Not once do we look at the Lord and say, will you give us something new? He says, no, you don't even have the old yet. Practice the Word of God. And the Word of God, that's why there's repetition in the Word of God. Have you ever read the Bible and you read different books? You said, well, I just read that. I just read that principle. You know what the Lord is saying? Repetition is good because it's those things that he repeats over and over and over again that are the most important things in the word. And he's trying to get it into your heart and get it into your mind and get it into your spirit. You know why? Difficult times are coming. Stressful times are coming. And even though you know it, if you practice it, if you do it, no matter how bad it gets here on planet earth, how many of you know you'll be able to walk through it in victory? You'll be able to go to heaven in victory and you'll be able to live forever in victory. Anybody want victory? Prayer everywhere in the scriptures. Redemption every page in the scriptures. Holy Spirit everywhere in the Bible. Repetition is good. There are two groups in the book of Joel that he says that are to practice the word. Hear this, you elders. Who are the elders? These were the leaders of the area. These were men who were older in age and they were experienced. These were spiritual leaders, and they were civil leaders. You have to have good leaders. You have to have good leaders 
for the Lord to be able to move and do great things. If you want your family to prosper, the husband has to be a great leader. Not a dictator. Has to be a great leader. That's how you can tell a great family by a great husband. God didn't call. Please don't send me any emails on this. Send one to Pastor Tony, please. God did not call the ladies to lead. It doesn't mean that the ladies can't give great opinions. It doesn't mean that what the ladies are saying isn't what we should go by, but he has called the husbands to lead. And as husbands lead in a proper way, in a godly way, that doesn't mean, again, I don't want any ladies to leave saying, I'm just going to shut up and not say a word then. Nope, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what the Bible says. How many of you know the voice of everyone in the family is important and it is valued and it is awesome and it is wonderful and it needs to be listened to because sometimes, again, the wife, what she's saying is the right way to go. How many of you, the Bible says submit one to another. I submit to Susie, she submits to me. But when it comes down to it, guess who's leading? And if the family's going the wrong way, it's not my wife's fault. It's not my kid's fault. Moi. If this church isn't going the wrong way, or going the right way, my fault. I'm leaning. You say, well, you're not involved in everything. It doesn't make any difference. That's why once in a while i got to jump into certain areas, and some people get mad at me, but it doesn't make any difference because guess who's on the line? I'm on the line. They're not on the line. I'm on the line. You have to have a great leader in the church world. You have to have a great leader in the home. Guess what? You have to have great political leaders. There's only a few people that are ruling the United States of America. But guess what? A lot of the decisions, I say it in all love, they are not Bible decisions. They are not God decisions. They are stupid and they are chaos. And guess what? That takes a whole nation of all of us and takes us away from the Lord. That's why it's important who we vote for. You say, I don't vote. You need to vote as a born-again believer, and you need to vote for the person who is closest to the Word of God. It makes a difference. Why do you think... Why do you think Joel is speaking to the elders? Hey, I need the husbands to get with it. Husbands, I'm warning you that if your family doesn't follow the Lord and you keep going the wrong way, you're going to pay for it. There's going to be a big D. There's going to be a lot of problems. You're going to have financial problems. You're going to have emotional problems. You're going to have drama. You're going to have kids all over the place. Come on, hubbies. Come on, husband, be the leaders that you're supposed to be. Don't be a wimp. And husbands, I just feel the Lord wants me to say this. Don't lose your fight. Don't lose your fight as a leader. I will not lose my fight as a husband. I will not lose my fight as the pastor of this church as long as I'm here. I will not lose my fight when it comes to doing things that are socially inviting. I will not lose my fight. I will not sit back. I will not be a wimp. I will stand up. I will stand strong in love and courage. And let's move forward in the things of the Lord. Don't lose your fight. Come on, guys, don't lose your fight. You say, Pastor, I look at our nation, it's going down the tubes. Church, don't lose your fight. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep believing. We're going to keep fighting. We're going to keep coming against the enemy. We're going to keep using our authority in Jesus' name. Don't lose your fight. So Joel went to the leaders and said, leaders, I'm telling you, and please understand, there are men and women in our Congress and in Washington, D.C., who are bringing these warnings to our leaders. Don't you think that there is no spiritual voice that is there in Washington, D.C.? We have a vice president. I'm not saying who to vote for, whatever, but we have a vice president that is a born-again believer. <laughs> He's a solid born-again believer. Guess what's going forth in Washington, D.C.? The voice of the Lord. 
And there are voices saying this, if we don't get this thing straightened out and work on it and repent, the judgment of God is coming. And also, he said to the inhabitants, and then I'll let you go, hear this, you elders. Hear this, you elders, those of you that are over homes, those of you that are over ministries, those of you that are government officials, those of you that are leading Hear this. Practice what I'm saying. Come on. I'm warning you, and I'm warning you, and I'm warning you. Get this boat on the right path. And give ear, all of you inhabitants of the land. Who is that? Those are all of us that are citizens of this nation. How many of you know, maybe our leaders won't go the right way, but guess what? Whether they do or not, I am going to go the right way. I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going after Jesus with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. And how many of you know, if enough of us do, we can see something good come to the United States of America. Can you say amen? Come on, give the Lord praise tonight. Would you do that? We thank you, Lord.